delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the latest episode of On the Grid. Welcome to the show. Crowsey with you to kick things off. Recording from the Bathurst podium. I'm looking out over the bridge as we get ready for the Super Cheap Auto Bathurst International event this weekend. More on that a little bit later on in the show with Benjamin Barguana, the TCR ace, who's also been doing a very good job in S5000. He's going to be our special guest. A full preview of this weekend's racing coming your way. A look back at NASCAR and everything else going on in the motorsport world. Before that, though, the Sandown Historics were on last weekend. Our own Dale Rogers was there and he caught up with a legend of Australian motorsport. Here's Dale chatting to John Bow. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On the grid. John Bow, interesting to see you at a racetrack on a weekend, but a marvellous historic meeting again at Sandown. You were driving the Mustang again. Um, just to reflect on the importance of the historic meetings in Australia, particularly this big one at Sandown and Phillip Island. Uh, yes, thanks, thanks, Dale. Thanks for you know asking me to say a few words on the race tour. I have said many times that you know race tracks and motor racing is my happy place. So I'm here at Sandown Historics, which is a, a yearly event uh, run by the VHRR, Victorian Historic Racing Register. They also do. Phillip Island in March, which is you know probably Australia's biggest historic event, and it's just I love it because it reminds me of when I was a kid. Basically, I hung out at racetracks with my dad and my family when I was a junior, and this is similar. You know, same sort of cars, great array of cars, character people, not a lot of political correctness, just just a bit of like it's just fun. Everybody goes racing for for fun and enjoyment so it's certainly not like a professional race meeting but it's really enjoyable so yeah I'm blessed really I've got a mate like Joe so he lets me drive his car. The meetings have come on big you know we get some international visitors to Phillip Island we've got an eclectic mix of cars here but we're starting to see some newer categories come in as well sports sedans and things like that so where's the sweet spot for historic racing do we keep evolving at bringing these categories down? Well, it, it, this is only my opinion, and I've never actually flagged it with the authorities, so it'll be a shock to them if they listen. But I think the the cut-off point at the moment for single-seaters, open-wheel cars, uh, Group S sports cars, I think it needs to, even Group N, needs to, to move forward a bit. It's been the same cut-off date f- forever and a day, so let's take open wheelers for for an example the cutoff is 86 so you cannot race you know a single seater or, or a proper racing sports car that was built after 86 except in exceptional circumstances where you know the the, the model run went from 83 to 89 or something in which case you can but so i think you know open wheelers need to go to 1990 you know group n is uh historic touring cars that needs to go to the mid 70s somewhere so you you get some you know later cars uh, I don't think the later cars will dominate at all but just to make it more interesting um, as for the categories I, I think the categories are, are, are terrific you know they've got lots of I mean I love open wheelers so so I've watched them 
intimately, but and the problem is that uh, not everybody goes to the meetings, so we you know we need to get more people to the meetings. But that's the same with modern racing. It's it's post COVID. It's it's been difficult for some people and uh, people that spend their money on motor racing. It's been particularly difficult. So a little bit about the Mustang you're driving this weekend, John. Um, it's, is it, was it an American car that came over or was it built here? No, it was built here. It uh, was originally built by somebody in Queensland I can't remember. It was owned by Perry Sparides for a while, who, who's you know been active in historic racing for many years. Joe bought it about four years ago. Uh, and during COVID, his guys, Michael... And Andy, they decided to do a refresh on it. So basically, it's a it's a new car. They completely stripped it. They had a, a way better roll cage because you know roll cage knowledge is is way different than it used to be. And you know it's just beautiful. If you have a go and have a look at it, it's it's just like it came off the showroom. It's good to drive. It's uh, compared to my touring car master's car, it's way different. Like a, it's. Braking is very questionable on a, even on a good day, so so it certainly gets your attention. But I, you know, I just love driving it, and uh, the same happened to Joe's Corvette. He's had the Corvette; that was his first race car. And during COVID, of course, the boys had nothing to do, so they did a full rebuild. So it's like Grandpa's axe, you know; it's got everything's new, but it's the same. <laughs> so you mentioned TCM. So you're heading now to the final round uh, at Bathurst. No, no, it's not the final. Final, final rounds in Adelaide now. It was it's changed, uh, and luckily for the category, we got on at Adelaide, which will be, as you know, a huge event. Um, so we're at Bathurst next weekend with with uh, what's called the Speed Series. Now it's run between ARG and uh, Motorsport Australia. It's a good, you know, a good program. It's got TCR, Trans Am, TCM. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's not a my track really, Tirana. Territory it needs a bit more talk, but it's you know it's always great to drive around that track. It's the best race track in the world, I reckon. And you've got your old uh, sparring partner Stevie J back <clears> in the Mustang. Yeah, yeah, I did that for him. I'm like his agent now. <laughs> uh, Russ, who owns it, uh, sorry mate, someone at the door. Russ uh, wanted a, a driver because Cam Mason was having a tour around Australia, so I suggested Stevie J and. Uh, and they, you know, he's taken to it like a duck to water. I even did the testing for it, so I'm like an agent and a test driver. <laughs> and obviously, getting paid the big bucks for it. Yeah, yeah, like zero. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 good to see him. I mean, he's a fantastic quality driver, as you know. So it's good to see him in the category. And you know, I'm sure he'll be very hard to beat at Bathurst. I reckon. If I can keep him inside, I'll be happy. Well, John, thanks for the chat. Good luck this weekend and uh, great to see you back at the San Anastorics. Yeah, thanks, mate. And give my regards to Crailsey. He does a great job with our category, so, uh, you know, he's, a, he's the voice of Touring Car Masters. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On the grid. All right, joining me as he always does off the top of the program, Richie Crow from the Racetalk.com. Hello, Crailsey. Hello, Shebexter. How are you? I'm mighty fine. Thank you, mate. We've had some nice weather. We've had some rain. We've had everything over here in Melbourne. The last couple of days? Well, that is Victoria for it. We're uh, sun shining in Adelaide, where we are. Hopefully, Shebeck's the sun shining this weekend up at Mount Panorama Bathurst for the super cheap auto Bathurst International, which finally, after several years of COVID delays, gets its debut. And racing there will be a 
very broad spectrum of racing categories that we're looking forward to getting stuck into, and that includes Shebex, our first guest. Yeah, it certainly does, Crosby, and hopefully it is a lot drier than it was a few weeks ago when we were up there for the, the 1,000. Hopefully that never happens again. And I don't know, though, I've seen this guy drive in the wet, and he doesn't do too bad. Ben Barguana joins us for a chat. Hello, Ben. How are you? G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on board, mate. Are you a bit of a, a wet track man? I, I do love wet racing. I think Dad taught me that. Um, he, he loves his wet racing too, so I definitely learnt the wet racing from him, and I absolutely love racing on a wet track. Well, I hope for our sake, Ben, it's not wet this weekend because I've seen more than enough wet race meetings lately. But um, we'll get to Super Cheap Auto TCR in just a second because big final round on the mountain this weekend for what's been a, an unbelievably competitive year. But I want to go back a week and talk about the GC and you in the Burston S5000 had a cracking weekend, mate. Well done. Yes, absolutely. Awesome weekend. Thank you. Um, it was just from start to finish, it was just perfect like i mean I, I don't have a lot of experience in these cars and especially a track like that it was it was all new to me so um but i just remember getting out of that first practice session and i looked at my cousin jude and we're like far out like this is awesome <laughs> like this is really cool um but yeah start to finish best weekend ever it was one of the best weekends i've ever had at the racetrack so uh it was just really good and the team did really well um the car was awesome i, I just i can't really fault it so yeah it was good how tough was it to get one of those things around that GC circuit with concrete everywhere? Yeah, oh, it, was, it was just crazy. Like, and those cars are so stiff and low and it just picks up every bump. So you're just going down the main straight and your head's bobbling around and you're going into some braking zones and the car hops three or four times before you have to get on the brakes and you're turning over a crown in the road and it's just something completely different. You're not used to it. You're just not used to it. So it was really cool. Yeah, was a little bit of an appreciation for what the IndyCar guys had to go through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you watch the YouTube videos of them and you're like, oh, far out, that looks cool. And then you drive it and you're like, oh, that must be 10 times harder for them. Like, far yeah. out. There, there were question marks going in, Ben, by some of the media about how the category would perform. But overall, the, the only category there to get through the weekend without a safety car at all, which was an outstanding result, were you, were you A, surprised at that and B, like impressed with the driving standards and how that whole weekend played out? Uh, yeah, look, I, I would say I'm surprised not to not to downgrade anyone's ability out there, but they're extremely tough cars on an extremely tough circuit. So, that, you know, anything could have happened. And to go three races with no safety car was really amazing. Um, it was a small field, but uh, nonetheless, it was still an amazing job by everyone and yeah I, I can't believe it myself to be honest but it was good to see and just talk about the process you went through of building confidence because it struck me that that was key and the more confidence you had in getting the curbs right and like every category on the gc the quicker you got and and you went from being i think 1.5 off in practice to 0.6 off in qualifying and by the end of the weekend you were going as quickly as mawson and hern at the front of the field so just Walk us through that process of building that belief that A, the car can do it, and B, that you're going to be able to manage that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my idea coming into the weekend was just build, build, build. So um, this is two-round championship with Gold Coast and Adelaide, and really I just wanted to get to a point where I could step into Adelaide and, and have a red-hot crack there. Um, obviously never been to Gold Coast, and I hadn't had many laps in the car beforehand. 
um, coming straight out of Sandown and the TCR car. So I just wanted to keep building and I took the weekend pretty slow, um, especially in practice. I just, you know, I broke down everything. I went through the data thoroughly and I just made sure every time I went out, I was improving. Um, and look, if I was still half a second off those front guys at the end of the weekend, that's fine as long as I was doing my fast lap by the end of the weekend. Um, and, and I did. So mm. I did exactly what I wanted to do. And now I've got a good platform to step up, uh, step off from for Adelaide. So, yeah, that's how I took it. Quails, you mentioned your cousin Jude. What an amazing effort by him as well. Of course, he had the test in a uh, in a driving a supercar earlier this year, and I remember seeing his face after it. It was a Formula Ford weekend, I think, the weekend after, and he, he just couldn't get the smile off his face. I reckon he's probably still the same now. He's used to driving a Formula Ford car, which is about, what, 75% less power than an S5000? Really proud of him, and I'm sure you and the family were too, because he had one little incident qualifying, but that was his. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of experience in a race car. He's pretty new to this whole thing, so it's a big thing to step into one of those around there, um, especially with not doing much testing. I mean, he had a day at Tail and Bend, but yeah, like I was super proud of him. He did an amazing job, um, and yeah, look, he had a bit of a mistake, but he learned his lesson and. Really, it wasn't the end of the day. So he's, he's going to build on, on that for uh, Adelaide, but he, he did an amazing job. And it was really cool to see the whole family there and Jude and I sharing the track together. It was just something not many people get to experience. We were all interested in the Formula Ford paddock. Of course, we were at Sydney Motorsport Park that weekend, Jude missing the round. But we were all interested in that baptism of fire because to drive an S5000 for the very first time around the Gold Coast track, yeah, just a crazy thing. Well done to him. Yeah, absolutely. He's done an an awesome job. So, yeah, credit to him. Uh, what about Adelaide, mate? That's that's next. It's one of the most famous street circuits in the nation, probably even more so than the Gold Coast because of its F1 heritage. And I would imagine that you grew up watching your old boy run around there in a Valvoline GRM Commodore for a lot of your childhood. So pretty special to be having an opportunity to have a crack at that place. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was stoked for Gold Coast and that was unreal. And I'm just as stoked for Adelaide. Like, it's going to be so cool. I mean, even like, you know, I've seen Dad race around there, but even recent times you watch supercars or anything else race around there and you're like, I just, like, I just want to get out there and race out there. Like, it'd be so cool. And in, in an S5000, it's going to be epic. Hey, Crosby, I'm going to pull you up a second. Yeah. So be it for me to pull you up on history. No. But I did have a little bit of a read of a story about Jude in my research, uh, you know, about Ben, sorry, in my research for him. And there was a wide world of sports story that came out a month or two ago that said you had absolutely no interest in your dad's car racing until you were about 10. Is that correct or not? <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> there is a bit of truth to that. Probably not till I was 10, but when I was very young, uh, I was right into my trains, not, not so much the cars. Um, so there is a bit of truth to that. I never really liked to go to the racetrack. And I, I mean, when I was like four or five, like really, really young. Yeah. And then, yeah, dad introduced me to go-karts and I, I grew a passion for motorsports. So, but that, there is some truth to that story. Yes. There you go. <laughs> trains, eh? That's, that's trains. a good one. I like trains oh, yeah. when I was a kid. There's, there's something <laughs> mechanical about them. I love. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Bathurst, let's talk TCR. Big grand finale this weekend over a couple of races. Uh, it's been a really solid year for you, I think. Eighth in the championship going into the final round. Definitely potential for you to end up in a very, very good position if things roll your way. So 
What's the approach this weekend in the Burson Peugeot? Um, yeah, look, it's been a good year. I think we've had a few issues along the way that have probably hurt us championship-wise. Um, so, like, to win the championship, I'm obviously out out of that. So, um, I don't have to worry about that coming into this weekend. And I think knowing Bathurst, um, I've got no BOP on my car. Uh, Peugeot's got lower ride height in terms of BOP. So, I think for me, it's just going to be all out of tack. I, I want to get results and, you know... Um, I think seeing that world ranking, I think I was 82nd or something, it lit a bit of a fire inside me because mm. I think I know I'm better than that. Um, and, you know, I want to get really good results and hopefully, uh, yeah, build that platform for next year, really, if if that's the go. And, yeah, just I want to I win. So <laughs> I'm and, not going to sugarcoat it. No, it's, been a, it's been a cracking year, though, hasn't it? And the, the competition, it feels like it's it, it sort of matured this year. TCR, it's had a full season. There's been really strong depth at every round. So that level of competition's better than it's ever been. Oh, it's been crazy. I mean, for example, we I went into Sydney fourth in the championship and I didn't have a DNF, but I had a pretty bad round at Sydney and I ended up walking away 10th in the championship. So it's just been close all year and the competition has been, oh, it's just been crazy. You can't predict who's going to win every round. And I think, um, in saying that, like the drivers have developed to these cars um, better, but also the teams are starting to understand these cars mm. and how to use them and how to make them fast. So I know GRM's worked really hard and they've discovered heaps about these cars. So I'm sure the other teams are doing the same and that's why the competition's been awesome. Not only the competition, but the names of the drivers and the the calibre of the driver to come up against for you must be exciting. You're not just coming up against guys who are sort of just starting their career. You're coming up against experienced race car drivers, and that's going to be great. Oh, absolutely. It's it's really cool. And for a lot of young guys like me, to race against those guys like a James Moffat or a Caruso or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, it's, it's really cool. I mean... When I started working for GRM in 2019, I was working on Moffat's car, and I'm like, oh, heck, all this, like this James Moffat, like far out. And now I'm rubbing doors with him. So <laughs> it's really cool to have some experienced guys in there and some young guys as well. And also, sorry, go. No, you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just going to say, mate, and just on that, guys with experience, your dad, of course, you raced against last year, probably one of the more experienced guys in the field in TCR ever. What was that like coming up against your old man? Uh, it's pretty hard to put into words. Not everyone gets to compete at a high level against their dad. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, he's been there along. He's been by my side my whole career. So to go out there and race with him was pretty unreal. Um, and he definitely, like, I probably had more pace in qualifying, but I think when it came to races, he was definitely a lot smarter than me. Um, but, it, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it for granted. It was one of the best experiences ever to race against dad and to even like, you know, after a session, sit there and debrief and he can experience what I'm experiencing, you know, so we, we're talking on the same wavelength and it was really cool. Really cool. He's pretty cagey, old bloke, your, uh, your old man. Um, so this year, for example, not only Tony D'Alberto, who's an endurance driver with DJR at Bathurst, Will Brown, supercars, full-timer, you're trading paint and panels with these guys going wheel to wheel. Does that help you project your career forward? Do you go, hey, I, I can race these guys. I'm I'm as competitive, if not more so, on some any given day than some of the guys that are 
paid professional racing car drivers that do this for a living. Is, is that something you draw on and, and build towards as you continue to grow your career? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I can race with these guys and, and race at that level. But at the end of the day, I needed I need to get results and prove myself to to make those steps in the, in my career. So um, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Uh, I know I'm not, I'm not there yet. But, um, yeah, look, I think my ability, and especially this year, it's just developed massively. And learning learning a lot from racing those guys, like it's it's just yeah, I've changed completely this year, and I think next year and even the year after, I'll just develop even more and more to be able to be a better race car driver. And where do you want to go? What's the end game? Three years, five years, ten years from now? Um, look, it, I think for me, it always changes a little bit here and there. But look, I'd love to win Bathurst in a supercar. I think, but I think that's. Um, pretty obvious coming from <laughs> where my family name and things like that. But um, look, I, I think this TCR thing is new and it's exciting. And the world, the world stage of that is really exciting as well. Um, to go race overseas in TCR would be awesome. Like, that would be a really cool dream come true. But yeah, look, I, I think I love supercars and it's hard not to being an Australian race car driver. So look, it, it's, it's easier said than done but um yeah that's that's sort of my goals but if you do win a race this weekend do you go home to dan and say i'm a bathurst winner as well <laughs> come <Absolutely>. on surely <laughs> um, yeah uh, look he he knows nat soft so he'll see the results yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice mate no it's good stuff it's been fun to watch your progression in this year and and the ability to jump between the tcr car and the S5000 as well. Like you, you'd be hard pressed to find two fundamentally different racing cars in our sport. So to be able to jump between one and the other, one weekend you're in one and one you're in another thing is is pretty impressive. So well done, mate. You should be proud of what you've achieved this year and hopefully this weekend goes well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Ben Bagwala joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next. On the grid. All right, Quals, you were joined by Mark Walker, who always joins us to have a chat at the end of the program. Hello, Mark. Tony Shebecki, Richard Crail. Good to be chatting to you again. It's getting to the end of the season, but um, turns out there's a bit going on this weekend. There is a bit going on. Uh, I know that Richard's heading off to Bathurst. Again. Yes, in fact, as is that you. Uh, yep, as you listen to this, I will be either airborne or landed at the other side, depending on when you are listening to it. Uh, quite possibly waiting for misluggage. Who knows? Such are the <laughs> adventures of uh, 2022. You got you got your Gold Coast stuff sorted out? They oh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. No problems. No, no problems. Good. It turns out the airline, magnificent. Yeah. Full credit to Qantas, sorted it immediately. Sorry, Ryan Walkinshaw. <laughs> really sorry. But like, they were fantastic. The Courier... Couriering it from Gold Coast Airport to my hotel, not so good. Um, fortunately for them, unfortunately for me, no idea who they were. So I uh, can't get up them about it. But Did uh, you get the right bag? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, fine. No, Qantas were all over it. They didn't outstand. So the story about the black stockings covering. wasn't correct? That wasn't true? I have no idea what you're talking about, Shabex. I, I couldn't tell you about that. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I would not know. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. I'm not talking about anything. No. Just... No. But, yeah, uh, Bathurst. I'll be going to Bathurst this weekend. Yes. Sorry. Sales increasing in Sydney in 28 on Sunday. 
Yes, but we all know Bathurst is its own uh, separate little yeah, um, ecosystem. little ecosystem when it comes to weather. But yeah, there are some showers forecast for Bathurst this weekend, which which is fairly fairly cliche, but that's okay. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be an interesting weekend uh, for the Bathurst International, which finally, uh, if with a lot of not a lot of international componentry to it, finally actually happens just for once after being delayed now for two years over COVID. So at least they can get an event under its belt. And there are plans in the works for internationalization of that race or that event moving forward, which will be great. And uh, we've already seen some stuff about World TCR coming to Australia and things like that. So that's going to be good. But yeah, good program. Uh, big fields in a lot of categories, which is good to see. So production cars have got 46 at last chance, which is approximately half the number that have entered for the Bath of Six Hour next year. 28 Porsches, decent field in TCR, all the usuals in TCM, 20-odd sports cars, which are going to be quite interesting there. So the Australian Prototype Series races running around, um, decent field of Trans Ams for 100K race, which will be good fun. And um, I've forgotten something. Oh, GT World Challenge with uh, some good ring-ins coming aboard that championship for the Enduro event, uh, which will make it a pretty competitive affair. If not with a massive field, it should still be a good race and I figure boys if I can do a I can do a 12 hour race with 21 cars I can do a 3 hour race with 14 no problems no at problems. all hmm. I, I no was going to say Sunday's coverage on Stan Sports starts at 8.30am so it seems like somebody's going to have a big day uh, yeah yeah I, I think I'm on quite a bit of <laughs> I'm on quite a bit of Sunday as well so yeah I've got t- two TCM races 3 hours of GT's uh, and 15 minutes of uh, S5000 pounding around going lap record hunting. So, um, yeah, it's a bit going on, but it's all right. I think it'll be good. The GT race I'm actually quite looking forward to because um, there's been a few late-minute additions to that field which add some firepower to it. So it should actually be quite a good little race in the battle between Audi and Mercedes-AMG that's been a factor of GT racing all year long in this part of the world. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the Trans Ams going around Bathurst. I think they will be fantastic. They're great. One of the best races I've called in the last 18 months was Nathan Hearn and Aaron Seaton mm. at that place at the Bathurst Six Hour last year. Uh, and those two young blokes having a really big crack, things sliding around on that bag tyre they run. Um, and it's proof that if you put a car with no downforce on a rubbish tyre, with the fullest of respect to Hoosier, they do a great job. But it, they're not a brilliant Dunlop super soft tyre. Um, the cars move around, they slide around, and they look spectacular. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's good fun racing category. And the last time we were there at Easter time, we nearly had one launched over the fence on Conrod. So uh, we did spectacular action. We did. Yep. But he lived to fight another day. That's all right. The car's back. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You put a clip on it and it's fine. Tough as nails, those other things are remarkable. Oh, yes, they need to be. But uh, looking forward. So a lot of those categories are having their grand finale this weekend? Well, it's final round for TCR, as we heard with Ben Barguana. It's the final endurance round for GT. They've got a sprint round to go at the Velo Adelaide 500. Uh, Trans Am's championship is done, so this is a non-championship event for them. Uh, And it is the penultimate round for Touring Car Masters. And that's actually shaping up as probably the best points battle in national motorsport at the moment because... Uh, Ryan Hansford and John Bow, two pretty decent racing car driver names, only five points apart, and they've never been more than 20 apart for the entire season so far with uh, our mate George Medici not far off that battle pack either. And 
Bathurst is a happy hunting ground for the the bigger capacity cars like the Camaro. And in 46 TCM races at Mount Panorama, only eight have been won by cars with five litres or less. And that's what both Ryan and JB are driving. So if you're George Medici, this is a weekend to make hay, hopefully while the sun shines and drag some points back and make it a a three-way title fight going in to the Adelaide 500 in TCM, which is just always outrageously entertaining car racing. Good stats there. Do you have a bookmaker that uh, bets on TCM? That's some good knowledge to have. Uh, it is good knowledge to have, isn't it? Now, I don't think the betting market for TCM is enormous, to be perfectly honest with you, Mark. But um, There's an opportunity there to they're, someone. <laughs> they're good stats. This is what I deliver to you. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Works. Actually, shout out too to the officials because it's a big ask of those guys to roll up to Bathurst four times a year because you know everyone sort of has to travel from far and wide and that facility in particular you know there's 23 corners but there's a lot more flag points than that and it takes a lot of people to make those race meetings happen so uh a shout out to the flag is you know we obviously give them a shout out when they stand out there in the cold and the rain and the hot and whatnot but just the effort to go there and make all these events at Bathurst happen is uh really commendable yeah we were working it out the other day you need over a calendar year you need approximately between two and two and a half thousand volunteers if you aggregate them over the course of the five events so Bathurst 1000 is over 450 12 hours about 350 six hours about 250 and then same for this and then there's all the other moving pieces in it as well so the number adds up pretty quickly it's a lot of people it's a lot of people to pull that event together you know you you think the top of the mountain it's spectacular up there some of the spots there in Conrod it's blind. You don't realise mm. until you go to the track how blind those crests going up and down the hill are. And uh, it's important to have flaggies absolutely everywhere covering it. You, you know, a place like Phillip Island, you can skip some of the flag points that don't matter. But uh, Bathurst is some place that you really need everyone all around the joint. Can I ask the question, and you're probably going to think that I'm absolutely stupid for asking it, but are we losing the mystique of Bathurst by having so many televised and large meetings at Bathurst over a year now. Whereas before, you know, it was one, the Bathurst thousand was a big one. Then the 12 hour comes along and we had two and that was fine. You had both at each end of the year, but now we've got five throughout the year. We Does Bathurst tend to lose that mystique now? Uh, I personally don't think it does. In my opinion, uh, I get the same buzz out of going there for this weekend as I do for the 1000. That's that's not correct, actually, because the 1000 is truly special because it's the race we all grew up with. But no, I, my personal opinion is no. And look, as long as the market can sustain it, then absolutely. And and this is a race. This is a racetrack that can be used five times a year, and that's it. Yeah. So I, I don't begrudge the Bathurst Regional Council and the New South Wales government who support it so well from wanting to fill it because ultimately it delivers so much for the town that it's in their best interest to do it. Does it lower the mystique? Not for me personally. Um, others may feel differently, but that's fine. But I, I don't think it does. No, because the, the place is just so special. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's probably 10, what you classify big race meetings at Phillip Island a year between Vic state, True. you know, or Shannon's or whatever. And, and for mine, I don't think anyone I talk to in Victoria, it loses a mystique going to Phillip Island. You still drive in there every time and go, oh, how good is this it's place? It's not Bathurst, though. Is it? It's Phillip Island, but I understand. It's not, but it's still pretty special. Not, there's not 10 big national events there. No, not national events, but state-level racing. Between all of that, 
like, doesn't lose its I don't know. charm. I, I can't justify going this weekend because it's it's a big commitment to back up straight after. I think the test is going to be next year, what happens with this international, because this weekend it sort of just feels like a bit of six-hour junior sort of thing. Like, you know, the six hours got a bit of a niche there. And, and it would be interesting to see what will happen with this event next year if you can draw some big uh, punters from overseas and give it some identity and a, a reason to be so there. If you, know. you look at the original plan for it, I agree with that totally. If you look at the original plan for it and the, just the categories this weekend, so assuming MA would have led S5000 race, you'd have the original plan was to have five or six internationals running in that. Um, 20 touring car masters, New Zealand cars, 10 or 15 TCR cars from Asia and Europe running a bunch of GT cars coming down pre 12 hour to run as a test, et cetera, et cetera. So it would have been mm. a properly international event and it would have been unique. And what, what Bathurst has done and what they have been very careful in managing in the Bathurst regional council is making sure that every event there has its unique yeah. USP. So the 12 hours, the international global GT race endurance, it's world famous endurance race. One thousand is one thousand. They sell themselves. Uh, Challenge Bathurst is the access for people who would never get a shot to do it. So that absolutely deserves to have a place there because that is a once in a lifetime opportunity for people to get on track at Mount Panorama. They'd never ever be able to do at any other event. Yeah. And the six hour is the semi grassroots but semi professional production car race with a massive field and a strong support program and again for other categories, but so they've all got their own niche. Um, this event has been completely screwed by COVID and the fact that you can't travel at the moment and it's still feeling the after effects of it. And it's an easy excuse to roll out. So you're right. It needs another 12 months at the very least to go. Yep. Yeah, this can be something different, but then if not, then maybe it is a ch an opportunity for the council to go, okay, well, we gave it a crack. It didn't work. Maybe we try and do something different, but that that's behoven on the council to make that call because ultimately it's their racetrack. But I think they've done a good job to this point in making sure that they all have a unique selling point to make them all something truly unique that can, each of them can draw something different to Bathurst. Um, and this I, event was sold on that and, and the potential is there for it to do that. It's just been stymied by the, the various dramas we've all seen. I don't mind the idea of five events at Bathurst for the year. I'm, I'm happy with that. I just, for me, I think the Bathurst 1000 is the conclusion of Bathurst for the year. Uh, that, that's just my personal point of view. I, I think running a race four weeks after the Bathurst 1000 just loses something a little bit. No, see, I, I disagree. But yeah, and I and I I only look at it as being four events anyway because Challenge Bathurst isn't televised. Yeah, it doesn't have any media around it. It is a competitor driven event purely competitive driven yeah, okay. there's no pr around it so i don't think that that's a completely different sphere of event i, I don't think that has a role as for bathurst being you know yeah i don't know mate like you've got the racetrack and it's it's a racetrack you can really only use like you can't really race at bathurst but and we proved this this year with the 12 hour at least we had a good crack between may and august because it's, <laughs> the weather's just too bad so get done that out to October for this year. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly right. October's it snowed at Bathurst in October before. It was underwater last week, so yeah, exactly right. So, do you think your patch of grass that we parked on at 
a few weeks ago, still good. It won't be there. Well, fortunately, park, parking <laughs> access is uh, better for us this weekend, Mark. So the hard oh, stand yeah. in the paddock will be a welcome reprieve. I think. Nice. <laughs> Lucky. Hey, uh, I see today, just reading uh, on speakfa.com, that Motorsport Australia have put out a statement in regards to provisional driver's licenses, saying that guys can't just get a driver's license, a provisional track license, go and do a track day and then jump themselves into either a supercar an S5000, a GT car, or a Carrera Cup car, they've got to at least have three races in a junior type of car or a smaller type of car before actually getting access to a larger car. It's if I, I'm surprised that that wasn't there before. Uh, yeah, to be honest, same. And I think this is part of their review that they've been doing based on Targa as well, which has obviously gone through a, a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah, it, it seems logical so it's anything under 3.5 kilowatts per kilogram power to weight ratio which makes a lot of sense so as someone who's probably going to get their provisional national racing license in the next 12 months there's no way i'd go and do my observed license test and then jump into a cup car or a supercar an s5000 because that would be stupid yep um and it's only three race meetings so you go and do your three race meetings in a Hyundai XL and then you can do it, get off your P's and away you go. So it just seems like a common sense thing to mine. I don't, people will blow up about it, I'm sure, but I just, they're protecting their own backside and making sure that they can still insure the sport basically. Mm. So I've, there's no doubt in my mind that this would have come from an insurance, the insurance company um, as a, a level of protection for the insurance cover that Motorsport Australia offers on the sport. So Ultimately, that MA are there as the governing body, but they are also the insurance agency for the sport. They're there to make sure everyone who goes out there's got some protection. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't think it changes the world that much. Yeah, no, I, before teeing off on it, I'd like to know how many people this would have affected. Like, how mm. many people yep. would it have put offside or discouraged from going motor racing, sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, pull yeah. a plug lead off. There you go. You go and go out there in your five cylinder Porsche. Well, yeah, you just plug a different tune into the ECU and wind it down, surely. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's a massive drama, Shabek. So I don't have a problem. No, with no, it. neither do I. I think it's a, a very sensible thing to do. And as I said, can't believe it was never there before. Mm. Anyway, uh, moving on, uh, NASCAR, Mark. Yes, something the... happening there with the championship resolved. Oh, yeah, Joey Logano. Um... Smashed them, absolutely smoked them. And he sort of uh, talked the talk all week. He had all the confidence in the world. And that team essentially had the last two weekends off just to concentrate on Phoenix. And subsequently, they went went out there and smashed it. Phoenix isn't the greatest NASCAR track. And a lot of industry chat about what they're going to do there, move the championship race around sort of thing, because it's, it's a great facility. But the track itself, outside of those restarts, which are one of the best spectacles in all of motorsport, it sort of peters down and it doesn't race that well. So uh, they they should they should do that, move it around. Yeah, like, and they will. The Super Bowl goes to a different location every year based on who has the highest bid. So you'll get tracks starting to vie for it. I mean, there's constraints too because the weather's starting to get rubbish in the state. So uh, a lot of the more northern sort of circuits are probably out of the running. I wouldn't be surprised if it winds up going to an auto club, you know, when they shorten the track there. Southern California still be nice and warm and you're taking it to a pretty big market. If you start your season at the Coliseum and end it at, at Fontana there, that's probably a reasonable sort of move. Why you not know, start sort of... and finish it at Daytona? No. 
No, no, you well, can't regu- have that. You can't have that race. The regular season starts at Daytona. You can't finish it there. You it's can't have a, a potluck race. Yeah, you mm. can't have a potluck race like that. I suppose the big drama of the race was the contact between Ross Chastain, last week's hero, and um, oh, La- that's um, bad. Chase, Chase Elliott, mm. uh, who's the hero every other week. Um, Chase sort of came down on him. Ross didn't lift. Ross hasn't lifted all year, but uh, the two Chevy runners sort of got themselves in a bit of a bind there, which was a, a bit of a shame for their efforts. But um, yeah, Logano had four wins for the season, won the the opener of the season at the Coliseum and ends it with a win. So he's won his second championship and all three of the pole sitters uh, won the championship races, which is the first mm. time that a triple header event has been won from pole on each of the three occasions. Wow. Never in the history of NASCAR. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's big. It doesn't speak volumes for the quality of the product, does it? But <laughs> oh, but the, the other races were, were really good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, NASCAR done. Uh, and Joey did it without hitting a wall. He did. Yep. He did. And uh, another championship for the captain for Roger Penske. So with the car and NASCAR, first time ever, both uh, won by the same team. So next year, so he takes pretty stable uh, lineups into both IndyCar and NASCAR next year. So Logano, Blaney, um, of course, Will Power, uh, Scotty McLaughlin in the IndyCar side of things, Joseph Newgarden. So two of the best teams in both sides of the sport and could very easily do the same thing again next year. But then next year has an IMSA program with Porsche (laughs) and next year has a World Endurance Championship program with Porsche. So there's a very... and, And Porsche don't go into car racing categories without being competitive, right? So there's a very good chance he could win IndyCar, NASCAR, IMSA, and WEC next year. And there's a very good chance that Penske could win the Indy 500, the Daytona 500, the Le Mans 24-hour, the Sebring 12-hour, and the Daytona 24-hour in the one calendar year, and the Petit Le Mans, and anything else, Long Beach Grand Prix, whatever you want. It's absolutely bonkers what that race team achieves, and that they could even be considered contenders for that suite of probably all bar Formula One, they are the biggest motor racing championships in the world. That Penske will have a car in contention for all of them. It's Crazy. mental. It is absolutely insane. It's a phenomenal thing, it really. Is. And the it's... team formerly known as Penske might do something here at home. Oh, you're talking about DJR? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe, 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 possibly. Exactly, possibly. Uh, F1 in China may not go ahead due to COVID. Yeah, well, they're just making a rod for their own back there, aren't they? Um, and if it's not COVID that stops it, it'll be they'll invade Taiwan and Formula One will stop that as well. But then I figure if they do that, we're probably all stopping. Um, geez, isn't that a positive little ray of sunshine to talk about? Um, and more good news, I can't believe that Max Verstappen, congratulations, winner of the Brazilian Grand Prix this yeah. weekend. Yep, outstanding performance by him. Also won always. the sprint as well, so that'd be good. Yep, yep. Uh, looking forward to seeing the sprint at Interlagos, actually. Good trail. What a great racetrack. It's a Saturday morning uh, viewing there. No, Sunday morning viewing. With yes, yep. Mon- Monday, Monday for the GP itself as well. So, yep, looking forward to, well... Yeah, well, I mean, looking forward to it. It's always good to watch Grand Prix, but the results are fairly foregone conclusion, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, let's see what uh, let's see what can happen and whether Daniel can make another uh, terrific drive like he did last week in Mexico. 
That was a very, very good drive. Anything else we need to cover off on? No, I think we can dive into the hots and knots, Shebex. Thanks Beautiful. to our friends at Doric, doric.com.au forward slash shop uh, for all your various Doric needs. Uh, my not this week. Uh, I read a story today that Cricket Australia for their next TV rights deal are going to split, and this is what they should have done last time, uh, are going to split the various forms of the game up. So you'll be able to bid for test matches separately, one day is separately, which Fox will get. Um, BBL and WBBL will all be separate packages. So if you're Channel 7, you might want to keep the big bash. You might not want the tests. It's probably the other way around, to be honest with you. But um, that will be very interesting to see how that plays out and whether we could end up with an NFL-style scenario where NBC, CBS, Fox are all covering the NFL. So it could and Amazon Prime now as well. So it could be very much the same thing with cricket. That brings me to motorsport. I was and... going to say, good, good no, tangent no, no, there. You're no, right. no, it's good. Just, just, just wait. Patience is a virtue, my son. <laughs> is this a whole um, or not? No, this is a not. So I'm all for it, by the way. This is me. But yeah. what I am notting is that people need to understand that the market has changed and that streaming is the way of the future, whether you like it or not. Now. If you are not in a financial position to be able to afford all of the various streaming apps you need to have these days, then I'm truly sorry. And there's very little I can do about that. Um, but I'm just the same people getting on the same social media sites complaining about it every week isn't going to change things. This is how it's going. To watch Thursday Night Football in America now, you need to have Amazon Prime. It's as simple as that. Uh that's it's the same with English Premier League. It's going to be the same with cricket. I guarantee you there'll be some KO exclusives. Seven Plus was such an integral part of the last AFL TV rights deal that was done this year to get them some exclusive streaming rights. It's going to happen. Just the continual barrage on social media. Oh, I've already got KO. Why should I have to buy another one? This is just, it's like, the Grand Prix used to being on nine and supercars on 10. You're just paying for it in a different way via forking out money rather than sitting through commercials. So I feel for people who genuinely can't afford it. I really do. I understand it. And it's a challenge, especially in this time more than ever. But there's a lot of people that you look on social media and they're complaining about this and then they're off to fix their $100,000 Toronto project car or whatever it might be. So like, well, come on. Some people just don't want to do it out of principle, and I can't pay that anymore because this is the way the media industry is going. So it was the same when digital TV first came out and seven yeah. put racing on seven mate, and the amount of yep. well, putting it on an inferior channel is well, no, it is yep. a TV channel, and now it's people want it on mate because it's high def. Like, yeah, it's it changes so quickly. And it's in HD. Mm. I remember going out and buying a set top box so I could watch the Saturday from the Grand Prix on one. Yes, yes absolutely. Same. Correct. Yep. Yep. Totally. So that's my not. I eventually people will stop complaining. I'm sure. Actually, that's they probably won't, nah. will they? Nah. But I just the, the the beating the drum louder isn't going to change the way the media industry is changing. So stop harassing us on social media about the fact that you have to watch bloody speed series on stand. Yeah, <laughs> so, save the complaints up until the time when they start streaming it straight to your brain chip. Exactly right. Yes. Can how I much run more convenient off with, the back of yours? How much more convenient would that be, though, by the way? <laughs> your your app your would never thinking. crash. You don't have to worry if the internet's down. Just great. Close your eyes and watch a touring car master's race. 
not having to hold the iPad up above your head while you're lying. It's yeah, so good. It just makes all the sense in the world. Shrex, please. Uh, I'm going to run mine off yours. I don't think this is then going to be a problem for motor racing, what you spoke about, because mm. as of yet, we still don't have a 2023 season. Mm. So there'll be nothing to stream at the moment. Please, for God's oh, well, there's, sakes. There's seven no... speed, speed series rounds locked in, mate. No, I'm talking about supercars. My okay. apologies. I should have separated my series as we would our TV stations. Uh, please, for God's sakes, get us out of calendar. You are holding up the rest of Australia in regards to what they can and can't do. And it is just, if you're involved with two or three categories, you're just sitting on your bum at the moment thinking, where am I racing next year? You have no opportunity to, one, plan a season, two, go out and see sponsors because you don't know where you'll be racing and where they'll be getting their uh, their sponsorship showing, whether there's going to be TV coming, all that sort of stuff. It is just ridiculous that we're coming into the second week of November and we still don't have a calendar. I've banged on about it a few times now. No, in the it's last fair. Couple of months. No, it's fair. I, 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 I buy it. I think the reason for the delay is they're trying to get a New Zealand to happen, and the longer it goes on, the less chance I feel like there is of us going to New Zealand next year. And boy, that'll be a knot if that uh, doesn't get off the ground. But, but so, but the only thing they're holding off on then in New Zealand, surely, is the amount of money that they're going to get for doing it. Tony Quinn has offered the circuits they're there for them to race, whether it be Hampton Downs or whether it be Highlands, they're there for them to race. The only thing that would be stopping it is how much do we get for it? Yes. 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 Well, you can't you can't hold up an entire calendar for three million bucks. Sure. But here we are. I, I'm I'm surprised well, can you? Well, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't released a bulk of them. Because most people in the industry know where they're all going anyway. Well, we know Newcastle. Newcastle's done and dusted. There's there's calendars floating around. Like yeah. teams have seen them. They're booking accommodation now. Um, but yeah, I, why they haven't been able to go public with a bunch of them, I don't, I don't know. Right? Yeah, mm. not sure. Sorry, Mark. Yours? Might uh, not. Well, sadly, it's Ty Gibbs. Uh, he was the not last week for. All the wrong reasons and even worse reasons this week. He he won the Xfinity Championship there at Phoenix. Drove a heck of a race, highlight of his life. And his father passed away that night after wow. celebrating with him. And uh, Coy Gibbs was a, an executive at Joe Gibbs Racing. Joe's son uh, was Joe's only son left, and both of his sons have died at the age of forty nine. And he passed away in his sleep. Um, just an absolute shocker. Uh, and he, he was tabbed to be next in line to take over that team. It's a big family team. And um, unfortunately for Joe, it's uh, it's just a, a really tough situation there. Tough situation for Ty. You know, he, out of everyone, he sort of needs uh, people around him now and get around him next year and, and help him and guide him because uh, he's been a bit wayward this year and he really came through the goods there on Sunday and his dad was there and they celebrated. They had all the photos uh, after the race, the trophy on the track. And um, yeah, that night, huge shock. Mm. Mm. Yep. No good. No good. Uh, hots. Uh, a few little preemptive hots from mine this week, uh, just to help set the scene for the weekend. Uh, I've seen our broadcast program uh, live at Break Free uh, and then on demand on Stan Sports. Uh, it's good. It's a good broadcast. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of cool things set up. Um, Matty White, Greg Rust, Molly Taylor. Like, how good? Chris Who's Stubbs. What a legend. 
so I think that's going to be great uh, entertainment. And as Mark mentioned, on from 8.30 on uh, Sunday all the way through till 5 o'clock and then uh, a couple of hours live and free. So for all of those complaining about not being able to get the streaming thing live and free Saturday afternoon on the Nine Network, so check that out. So that's a little preemptive hot. The other preemptive hot I'm going to get in with is uh, Touring Car Masters, and I love that category. And they're even better when they're at Bathurst. And there's just so many cool storylines in TCM at the moment with Hansford versus Bow, Stephen Johnson getting back into a competitive car or back into a car full stop and one that should be quite competitive at Bathurst. Um, the Cameron Tilly Valiant Pacer is just the most ridiculous racing car that exists in the sport here at the moment and uh, with the most ridiculously large fan base. And the list goes on. So uh, it's appointment viewing for mine this weekend. So... Um, while I don't have any hots from the last weekend, aside from uh, lying on my couch for a solid portion of it uh, and not doing very much at all, that was definitely hot. Um, I'm going to go preemptive hots this week and looking forward to the weekend. Beautiful. My hot is uh, viewing time for Brazilian Grand Prix. Fantastic. Love American Grand Prix. Love Brazilian Grand Prix for their friends who are listening to us over in Europe. On uh, Radio Lamont, you probably may not understand what I'm talking about because everything happens in your time. <laughs> but for three quarters of the year, we have to get up or stay up until one in the morning, two in the morning, watching Grand Prix. Whenever they're running the Americas, we get the opportunity to wake up at seven in the morning and watch it. And nah, it not, not that good, mate. Beautiful thing. No, uh, Monday morning, the race starts at 5 a.m. Oh, but that's good. I'll, watch, I'll get up at five. I'll watch and then go to work. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. Breakfast Actually, car racing is a thing. What is? Breakfast car racing. Yeah, yeah, well, without mm. a doubt, 100%. Mm. I've uh, just pieced together the TV guide for the racetalk.com. Go and have a look at that because you've got F1 and F1 Sprint. You've got the WEC. You've got WRC. You've got Bathurst International, which yeah. goes on and on and on. World Superbikes is on, World Touring Car Cup, and two different types of rallycross. So if you can't find something to watch this weekend, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, And, and uh, they're all on streaming services, so bad luck. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, my hot, I'm going to go with the Sandown Historics on the weekend. It was another one of those mm. events oh, yeah. that uh, is back, you know, <laughs> like the Grand Prix, like Bathurst, like Gold Coast the other week. Everyone came out of the woodworks. Uh, huge audience there, great racing, great cars. And in particular, I'd like to give a special hot to Mason Kelly, uh, son of a gun. Uh, wrote a story good. on it over at my day job at carsales.com.au. Uh, regarding Mace's debut, 17 years old, out of Hyundai XLs, and uh, Mark Carr did a few rounds there at the sports sedans, started rear of grid in the national sports sedan field, and by the third race, TK has just gone, nah, buddy, you can start where you finish that one, and he, he came through from 12th to 5th and was banging out 11s and looked in control and did a really sensible, good job. I was very, very impressed. Mace does a lot of the work on the car himself, which uh, I think is a pretty handy thing. You know, yeah. he's not not like he's silver, sped, silver spoon fed. He's uh, getting in there and doing the work. And TK said that he only let him do it because he's a good, sensible kid. Like if he was a rat bag, he wouldn't have put him in the car. So it'd be interesting to see uh, where Mace goes next year because obviously um, within the Kelly stables, you know, TK's got this car sales car as he last ran it in 2017. Uh, two old Mustangs coming next year. Three Mustangs three coming Mustangs back into coming. the fold. Uh, their transport has been the one that's been taking the Gen 3 cars around the country. So they've still got that. So 
Todd sort of said that he'd uh, be keen to do low-key stuff like the sports sedans or local racing and whatnot. But uh, if the opportunity's there to run all the different bits of kit, um, yeah, they'd, they'd be keen to look at that. So be interesting where it goes, but good job, Mason Kelly, on his supercars debut. Can I just the- add to your hot then and add mm-hmm. Darren Smith onto that hot and his work over the weekend in that in, there was 7,000 cars at Sandown on the weekend and he knew every driver, every car, and it was just fantastic to listen to. Yes. Shout out to Daz. Oh, saw Daz there. He, he does a ripper job. The blend line, line too. Let blend me line coverage blend line in as well. Outstanding. Mm. Bloody great coverage. Mm. God almighty. That's your hot, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, I already did my hot. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. race times. Oh, yeah, okay. The Americas. Yeah, nice. Good, Good chat. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Catch you next week, and we'll catch you next week right here on The Grid.